coming into uprightness. It's again just touching into this very simple reference, complexities of sight, sound, time, place, circumstance. Just come into upright. Yeah. This is both, so uh, we can see this is a nice reference because you can reference it as anatomical. Yeah, that, that helps, definitely helps. Um, as um, Psychological, let's be straight, let's not dilly-dally, not not wave, let's be straight, undecorated, straight, and let's live up to ourselves, let's bring forth the clearest, simplest, most direct truth, it's a psychological uprightness moral, uh, autonomous. I'm not buying stuff, I'm not selling stuff, you know, I'm not trying to win things, just maintaining integrity and dignity. Mm-hmm. And keeping that. We're in meditation, we're not doing deals, we're not pushing things, we're not trying to win things add something to ourselves, do funny tricks, do special conjuring effects, we're just trying to maintain uprightness. And as we focus on that as a steadying effect, the deepening happens naturally. The deepening happens in the most um, authentic and useful way. Deepening is always going to happen as soon as you stop doing things. It just happens. Deepening, what do I mean by that? I mean, uh, you're touching into values, uh, heart qualities. Because that's that's always there. And you've got sense qualities which are just flickering across the top. Of course, we can go out into those lose our hearts. We get stuck in those so far that we lose heart, lose connection to it. We're stuck into the messages of the sense world, particularly a competitive work sense world, the passion-driven sense world, the consumer-driven sense world. Lose our hearts. Throw ourselves away into all that. And just, no, I'm taking it back taking my heart back where it belongs. And you never never need to throw that away into pleasing something, diminishing yourself in order to get by, trying to puff yourself up in order to be bigger than, just keep straight dignity, self-respect. In the process of deepening, that's going to take you to a place of authenticity. Because with deepening, it's not quite as simple as, as, as it might sound, because we can deep into some pretty strange territories and some pretty horrible territories. You know, pain territories, uh, deprivation territories. Mm. 
in Buddhist cosmology is a map of all that hell realms realms of starvation and deprivation realms of pure blind sense instinct and of course lofty ethereal realms love and joy you, know, you want to you don't want to get snagged in any of that but it's better to be snagged in the good stuff than the bad stuff that's for sure <laughs> you know there's a lot of bad stuff well you know there's there's in in the, in the depths of uh, sorrow and uh, hurt and confusion desperation and we, you know as you meditation you can drop into those territories yeah. they're acknowledged right out there in Buddhist cosmology hungry ghosts hell realms animal realms yeah people think it's some pretty kind of make-believe well maybe the, the imagery may be fantastic but the territory is very real and often people are acting out from those territories into the sense realm is why we're in the mess we're in as a, as a species. Let's just get so we want to go straight. Beauty of the upright is it can move through all that without getting hooked on any of it. It's the way out actually. It's an empty channel through this cosmology. Stay in alignment with that. Sounds mysterious. It's not it's not usual talk. But you can feel it. There's no fudging. No fainting, no fighting, no freaking out, no running away. You stay with that, it's going to take you to some places of true clarity because there's no bias in it. Okay. And meeting others in the upright condition, the upright state, is truly an honour. Truly an honor, even in this seemingly remote um, telecommunication experience. And it helps. You get it, it comes back to you when you see it in others. That's the principle of Sangha. Principle of Sangha, Kalyanamita, when you meet in others, it's all right. You get a mirroring effect and you draw yourself up. Yeah. And the normal stuff. Putting other things aside. Simple beauty to that. And when you meet others in that, in the upright condition, Pretty, pretty soon, heart starts to open and expand. And you get love. Not romance, but just some warm, 
empathic, pathetic connection. You get this with teachers. Yeah. It's a wonderful medium where you, you really get the message. Of course, this is always the way the teachings were given before books. Yeah. And still, I, rec- I think they're better than books if you can find that and be with that. Don't even need that much. Sharing presence brings you into your uprightness, affirms it. You know, in the absence of, um, you know, teachers or beings in, in our day, we have puja, check in with the Buddha. Check in is perhaps a trivial term but show up for the Buddha right can you imagine that can you imagine that what that's going to do for you you show up for the Buddha you're not going to be playing games you're not going to be talking about the weather you're not going to be you're going to be right on the note right on the ball like this is the Buddha right He's not interested in, in the stuff. He's not interested in the stuff. All he's interested in is your upright axis. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's sensing. Yeah. And it's not your personality. It's right there. So this is what we try to kindle. Buddha images. Take your pick. It doesn't really matter what the shape is. What the size is, what the physiognomy is, but it represents the upright human being. The front of the body is open. There's no defense. Fearlessness. The body is firmly connected to the ground. This is not a... This is very balanced. That's, That's the image. It's kind of like Take that, take that back, bring that back to yourself. Mm. So what's the gesture that you make in meeting the Buddha? Just shake hands. (laughs) You bring your flowers. And your incense, and your candles. You bring light, you bring simple natural beauty, you bring delicate, and you offer. You offer. From your uprightness, you offer. No deal, I'm not trying to win a favour, I'm just, open. the act of offering, I'm opening a gesture of Offering and giving, right? What's that about? What happens? Opens, doesn't it? When you give, you open to another. You're not reaching in to take something, you open. When you're contemplating things, experience really from the, the depth, the depth domain, 
not the physical domain, the depth domain, energies, right? Sensations, but energies, primarily it's the energies that the sensations are being moved around with. Mm-hmm. Very much connected to um, heart as well. In the level of the energetic level, we experience heart and body are not separate. Mm-hmm. We're looking at just sheer life energy, vitality. You can't separate chitta, heart, from body. Aspects of the same thing. It's energies. So, when our energy is no longer shaking, fluttering, wondering where to go, correcting itself, pushing forward, stepping over something, but actually present, the movement that is not forward or backwards or up or down, your movement is open. That's the movement. You're taking your signals from the energetic domain, sensory domain, yes, we can move forward, we can walk to the other side of the room, whatever. The world of space exists in in the sensory domain. The world of space exists, right? I am half a mile, three kilometers from that. I am the other side of the room. That's the other side of the room. That exists in the sensory domain. In the digital domain, it doesn't exist. There's no space. There's no distance. There's just immediacy. You know, and different qualities of pressure and openness, right? You know, when there's obligation, is pressure. Right? When there's um, powerful impulses, there's thrust. You know, there can be a closing, fear, tension, closing of energy, right? defending, uncertain, closing down. But instead, the act of poetry is an opening of energy. How do you do that? Well, just bring up the sense of giving. Giving from the heart. And it's giving from the heart we call praise. Now it's not, you know, compliments. <laughs> what a good guy you are. <laughs> You know, if you try and put it in one word, it's kind of it's called honor, honoring, which is slightly different from praising. Honoring is a sense of really, I get the sense of value. There's a value here that reaches me, a value of Buddha, you know, the awakened one, free from delusion, free from greed, free from corruption, free from fear free from worry, free from depression, anxiety, despair, very human qualities that we probably are touched by, free from anger, free from blame, free from being seduced by anything. That's pretty worthy. 
Bona. And not only that, but this one, Buddha, reaches out to his reaching out is called teaching or presenting Dhamma. That's pretty pretty decent behaviour. Didn't didn't have to pay for it. Didn't ask anything of you. Just stay upright. And if you stay upright and you open, you'll get it. You know, it's like it's always there. But if you stay upright and you open up, it will come to you. You don't have to rush out for it. Grab hold of it. This dharma is a very direct transmission on an energetic level, because there's no such thing as time either. It's the immediate opening. What do you get? You get a get a quality of being confirmed in the upright, strengthened, clear, clarified, so you can there can be a discerning of that's not necessary, that's true, that's well that that's not myself. This is just changeable. You get discernment. So that's um, that's worthy of recognition. A transmission that's not delayed in time, direct, accessible. These are the recitations of the Dhamma. Direct. Not about something. Not I'll tell you about something and then you'll understand it and then you'll get a result. No, it's it's more correct than that. It's like as direct as being touched by a finger. You go, all right. That's the true transmission. The words may help to get us into the right place to pick it up. And sometimes you don't need the words. Sometimes just the presence and the sitting and the steadying and the honesty. Get take, do it. Not delayed in time. Not stuck in I will get there in the future. There's no push forward. Push forward we can do in the sense world. This is a different written protocols, the world of depth. You don't push forward. You stay where you are, you stop resisting, you stop falling away, you stop fading out, you stop dithering, <laughs> and you, you open. And you, how did you it's right how did you ever forget that? You know? That's realization. It's like, oh my goodness, how did I why did I get fooled by that again? Drop the delusion. Ehipasiko, it's exciting in a way. Come have a look. Open relevant. 
deepening in a clear, skillful way. Pachatang, pachatang, to be realized in your own intimacy. Only realized in your own intimacy. Your own intimate depth. That's both uh, a recommendation for complete authenticity, autonomy that's not about independence, it means I'm open to others, but the results have to be experienced here. practice has to come from here and that's the surest footing read up or we knew to be to be fully realized felt vedi vedidapal felt connected to vedana feeling touched by it you feel it. You feel the relief. You feel the absence of pressure. You feel the weight drop off your back. You feel things open up. Yeah. You feel happier. Not an intellectual exercise. Made to be felt by those with vinya, with clarity. Mm. So this is uh, kind of looking at some of these phrases that we all tune in with in the puja. This is really worthy of honour, this Dhamma. Buddha, pure immoral conduct, give you a very good description of the Buddha's body, the Buddha's Dhamma body, <laughs> yeah, not the physical body, the Buddha's Dhamma body, mm-hmm. pure moral conduct. Mm-hmm. Fully fulfilled in terms of clarity and proper conduct. Look, do we can see and understand the way the worlds are, all of the worlds, the world of the senses, the world of the demon worlds, the hungry ghost worlds, the, you know, the animal realms, sees it all, can understand it, been there, seen it, and seen through it. Tathagata, the one who has gone into suchness, into truth, the truth fear, the one who has become truth. And Sangha, those who practice Ujjupatipano, upright, Nyaya, knowing, practice correctly. Any of these, if you are sense of what we are 
bearing in mind, being mindful of in puja. These are the values, these are the resonances that take you to a deep deepening which is fruitful. And you can consider, reflect, thought, emotion, and where it goes, what it does to you. It's calming, steadying. Thought, emotion, where it goes, what it does to you, what it does to your energy body. Puja is chanted, associated with chanting, this aspect of it. Obviously you can do puja completely silent. It's, it's recollection is puja. But we transmit it in the sense realm, sound, and particularly the world of sound, because the world of sound uh, is also carries energy to it. The sound of your voice is an energy, isn't it? Because it's not just the sound, it's the breath making the sound. And it's intimate, it's right inside your body. It's not a screen, it's not a thought. It's an embodied breath moving energetically through the tissues. What does it do? It opens the chest. That's where the heart is. Opens the throat. Opens the head. Doesn't open the physical bones, but you know what your head feels like? In the felt sense? Dense, intense, clogged, jangled. Too much thinking. Does your head in. <laughs> and the chanting, when you're chanting, you're sending breath energy up into the back of the mouth and rolling it across the palate, tongue, and the resonances move into the fine nerve energies around the skull, the head, the temples, forehead, particularly. In practice making sounds, you can feel the effect. This is a head opener. What's a heart opener? Focus on the centre of your chest. Gather yourself, gather your breath in your abdomen. Focus on the centre of your chest. Get the abdomen to distend, to fill with air. To fill with energy, sorry, not air, but energy. 
and then gently squeeze, perhaps too strong a word, but gentle squeezing into the chest of that energy. Put the focus there, and um, you know the sound itself could be high or low, not really important. You know, it's where you put your awareness, and the, if you put your awareness on certain areas of your body, your head, your throat, your chest, your abdomen, wherever you put your awareness, energy will gather there. It's just the, the chemistry of it. In awareness itself has a potency. Put it onto energies and they start to warm up. Put it onto negative energies, they get intense. Put them onto positive energies, they warm up. Put them onto the breath, breathing energy, breathing becomes stronger. Yes, that's the fact of it. Then when you pick up the sound, you feel it resonate through the your body energy, make it steady, unstrained. We're not looking at volume. A good amount of the chanting remains in your body. The sound comes out, but a good amount of the chanting remains embodied. We're not blasting it out. It's kind of restrained because you want to. Kind of store up or let that suffuse the tissues associated with energies. It's where you can clear some of the fogginess in the head or the constrictions in the throat or the seizures in the chest. Just expand gently. Listen, stay aware, and right. now we're adding to that these signifiers of this is Buddha, pure one, awakened one, truthful one, one of great depth. Okay, what are you going to offer that? I'm offering my, my most upright, clear. No holds barred, no 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 restrictions, um, no qualifications. I'm just offering that. Mm. No. <laughs> this isn't an uh, opera. No, this is a, a yoga of the voice, of yoga of sound, Again, using sound energies, perceptions, Buddha Dhamma Sangha, using them to enrich the energy body that feeds heart and body, breath feeds everything.
when you make these sounds we use the Pali language because the Pali language is only the language only associated with um, spiritual teaching there's no swear words in Pali <laughs> no slang it's just you know, even the even the mundane stuff is just something like mango you know it's got no kind of insults in it so but what we're using here is just you know a, a language where the sounds are very pure because there's no distortion there's a nice complete round or with no twist or angle to it and so all the vowels are complete open sounds Ah, e, u, o. They're very open, straight sounds. They don't waver. And you want to make them like that. The consonants are the ones that just, you know, collect the vowel. The consonants say that's the end of that. so, you know, so you've got something that just puts a ending, so we can change from one vowel the next <laughs> move from one to the other you put a consonant a, a, a closing sound which is done with the tongue vowel sounds are chest throat consonants of tongue teeth lips they're the closures you can just cut it so these things they're nice and crisp light so there's that relationship between the opening and uh, closure, which is like a punctuation. And of course, as we're following breathing, there's also the silence when we breathe in. Mm. You're listening, because you can't chant unless you listen. You can make sound, of course, but you can't do puja without listening, because you don't pick anything up. It's an empty, empty sound. It's just there. You've got to have that listening to, to pick up and keep your awareness attuned to the experience. If your awareness isn't attuned to it, you don't, you don't get it. So that the hearing contains it. It says collects it. You know, bring, keeps you within the field where the sound is being made. And when you're doing this as a group, particularly. The ears connect, the hearing connects everybody. So everybody touching the same sound at the same time, or they're pausing, but they're staying in tune. Even if they're silent, they're listening, they're with it. Their puja is a silent puja. But they're listening and, and getting it in the heart. They're still part of the puja. You know, because it's the awareness that connects everything. And then when the chanting finishes, you stay in that awareness, which is listening and collecting. And now it's been energized by the act of puja, by the brightening effect of puja. So let's um, do a little practice. Um, you have your chanting books with you, or your sheets. Again, if you want to do your puja, Silently, that's completely okay. You have a silent puja. You don't. Your throat isn't right. You feel clumsy with the words. Okay, fine. 
joining with what you feel you want to can do but do listen you know then you'll be part of it right? and um, yeah so let's make I'll make the offering to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha and then um, proceed with the Pali chanting so an act of offering you raise the that was your offering it's incense flowers raise it to the center of the forehead the, this is the place of seeing the third eye it's like we're offering our clarity our seeing bring it down to the heart area yeah. so the connection between the heart the head and the body does the physical offering so that's heart head body bowing Take a good breath, deep breath, and relax your shoulders. Clear, clear your throat, open your throat, and so the thumb, back of the thumbs, touches the heart, focus growing out of the chest. With the image. Namas 
Supatipanno Bhangavato Savaka Sangho Anjali Karaniyo 
So now it's a silent puja. The vocalizing sends energy through the upright axis, the upright channel, opens the hearing, the awareness. Now let your awareness focus on that upright channel upright axis, however that seems to you, it's a mood, a feeling, an emotion, energy in your body, spaciousness in your mind, listen with a heart of devotion, this is your puja. Mm. 